0: Do they have a shared account?
1: John, I just read the question. You always <laughs> ask me this as if I need like, more details. I know. That's all that I got.
0: And welcome back to give, give it, it to, to me, me straight.
1: straight i'm alex hi
0: my love hi my love what's your name jonathan
1: <laughs> jonathan
0: john for short and i don't use an h it's j-o-n
1: most people don't spell jonathan with an h well i'm just saying like when people usually
0: say john they're like j-o-h-n
1: i don't know i think it's 50 50
0: unique new york so very exciting episode today one because we have a really cool guest coming on but two It's episode number 40. Are
1: you just going to, anytime it's an even number, just be so excited? I am.
0: I am. That We've made it this far. Wait,
1: have we been almost doing this a year? Does that mean in 15 episodes, it will be one year of episodes? Uh,
0: I guess. I don't know. When (laughs) did we start this in January or February last year? Yeah. 2020. Anyways. No,
1: 2021. That's when we started. Whatever.
0: (laughs) Anyways. Put me in a home. Yeah, put put, just put me in a home. I can't talk. I can't think.
1: All right. Well, I'll start with my low. My low is that I've been very lazy when it comes to my skincare routine. <laughs> like I have not been taking my makeup off at night. I've just been leaving it on from the night before. I've just become... A lazy bee.
0: I don't even know if this is my low or not. You like, have nothing to say about to that? that? Uh,
1: about me leaving I'm my makeup just, on? Uh, and not washing my face and doing a 12-step skincare no, routine? No,
0: I, I don't know. We're just around each other 24-7. I don't even like recognize it anymore. <laughs> my low is this bed that we're sleeping on. Alex and I have to literally sleep head to toe. They
1: know. We've talked about this already.
0: Well, they, You've talked about your makeup before.
1: No, I haven't. Yes, you
0: have. Anyways, I'm I'm not even talking about the creaking part of the bed. Like I'm literally, we're sleeping head to toe on this bed because when we sleep together, the front of the bed like sinks in, and then you can't even move because it's like
1: it's just like not an ideal sleeping. Just, I'm situation. done. I
0: just want to go back to our house. I'm, I'm just done. One more week. Yeah. That's <laughs> segwaying into my high. Next Monday, we get to drive home <laughs> and, and then, stay at our house for ten days before we drive we back again. Back.
1: But then we only have a few more weddings.
0: That's right. We have five weddings total left or six. We have six weddings left. Yep. And then we start up again in February. Anyways, what is your high?
1: I'm just like, I feel like I have.
0: You're optimistic about something.
1: No, like I feel like. Share
0: it with me (laughs) because I want to be optimistic too.
1: No, like I just feel like I'm loving the wedding edits that we're pushing out. Like I'm feeling all of them, you know. Hopefully our couples are as well. <laughs> that's like my biggest insecurity. This it's year's sent-
0: gone well so far, though. No one said anything negative. Everyone's <sighs> liked their wedding, so that's good. Their <sighs> films.
1: Yeah, there's nothing worse than like sending out a wedding film because it is a piece of art. And so when you're putting yourself out there, your it's, very, <laughs> it's very nerve-wracking. And like, knock on wood, we've never had someone completely hate their film before. Like we've only had like... Some people being confused on what they get. One percent of couples who are confused, yeah, and it's like usually because they don't read my emails or like don't listen to what we talk about. I'm very happy with like the work that we've been putting out. So, I just love all every one of our films. Like, I just want to go back and watch all of them.
0: So Al, who do we have on today as our special, special guest?
1: Special, special (laughs) guest. Wow. Double special. So this week, we're so excited to have our friend Jenna from Raleigh on the podcast. She works with clients one-on-one to help them reach their fitness goals, gain confidence, and increase their strength and energy, both mentally and physically. Through training and nutrition, Jenna guides you to a lifestyle change that is long-lasting.
0: Wow, that was a very good introduction.
1: And we're so excited to have her on. Welcome to the podcast, Jenna. Jenna! Hello,
2: friends. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) Oh my
1: gosh, same. Glad you can make it. (laughs) I know, I'm like currently sweating right now, drinking all this coffee, but necessary to wake up this (laughs) early in the morning. So you are an expert, all things fitness health. When did you get
2: started in the industry? Yeah. So it was the spring of 2017. I was still working at my corporate job, but I decided to actually start working at heat in downtown Raleigh, um, as an intern. And so I started like getting my feet wet, started shadowing trainers um, but even before that I actually graduated a semester early from college and in that spare time before my job started I was like you know what I feel like I want to like get certified to be a coach someday and it was really just something that I had the intentions of like doing part-time um, teaching classes here and there and then honestly I just fell in love with it and I was like why can't I do this for a career like it's where my heart is it's what I love helping people with um, and it was much better than going into a <laughs> corporate job where I was working nine to five at pointless work. I was basically living in Excel spreadsheets doing God knows what. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, this is not fun. This is not what life is about. So was it something that you like, were you always an athlete growing up or? Yes. Yes. So I grew up, I played every sport a female could play honestly. Um, and just loved it. I loved being on a team. I loved just moving my body. And so when I got to college, I actually wasn't playing sports anymore, which I was I was pretty like, I actually went in with the intention of not playing sports. I was like, I wanna have the best college experience. I wanna like live it up, be a normal college kid.
0: Hard and then ed. I got
2: there. I got there and I went to like one party and I was like, oh my God, I hate it. I hate it. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I
2: can't hang with these people. And honestly, I had made so many friends throughout the years from sports that I didn't know how to make friends anymore. Like, cause when you play on a sports team, you yeah, have like built in, like, you lottery, have like automatic friends. Yep. Yeah. And like trying to make friends outside of that, I was like, how do I make friends? Like I, I really struggled when I first got to school. Um, and so, yeah, that's really where like, The love of it started was from being a child. I had older brothers who played sports. So I was always kind of just like in it with them. And yeah, my family was just naturally pretty athletic. All we did was like throw the ball around and play different sports. And so um, even my mom was like that, which was pretty funny because we all turned out to be like, my dad even makes a joke. He's like, oh, Jenna's actually our best athlete. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
2: uh, and I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> That's a I love that.
1: I think it's definitely easier as an adult to be more active if like you've been active your whole life. And like, especially too, when it comes to making friends, um, it's definitely harder as an adult, but I think it's so funny when you walk into like a gym setting that you just like have something in common with these people. I feel like people at gyms just become friends so much quicker because you have yeah. this, this thing that you both love to do and- it's
0: be healthy. <laughs> I guess, yeah, like heat, like having those small classes. Well, like so th- for
1: people who don't know heat, though, it's a boutique gym. You know, it's not like a um, a chain. What,
0: so What would you call not- the like the workout style of heat anyways? Was it like CrossFit yeah. blending with?
2: It was, no, it was really more like strength training with HIT, right? So high intensity interval training.
0: Okay. So it was a blend of different workout styles, but going back to like that camaraderie of a small class, right. And I, I could see like you being able to meet new friends that way. Cause you're totally. don't you have to like work together and.
2: Yeah. So like being in a class and being like partnered with people and, and CrossFit is, is like that as well. And I think that's really why those types of environments are so successful is because like being able to do something you love with other people who maybe do love it or maybe don't, right? Like not everybody there loves it, Um, but being able to move your body with other people and and like almost like a hangout being, hey, do you wanna go to the gym? Like, do you wanna go lift with me? Do you wanna go to class? Like all of those things can be nice ways to kind of like integrate your health and fitness. With your lifestyle and and the way that you like to hang out with people. Of course, you just have to find people who are are into that as well. (laughs) Right. It's harder to not
1: go to the gym when you have people who are expecting you to be there. (laughs) Your group of friends. Yeah, exactly. So in regards to what you do, you work one-on-one with individuals. How have you seen that this impacts their relationships or their emotions and like their mentality? Because it's not just physical. It's so much mental as well.
2: Yes. And I honestly I'm I basically like I call my coaching like transformational, honestly, because it really is it does. When you're able to take care of your own body and your health, you just show up as a better human, right? Like you're taking care of yourself, which means that you have more energy, you feel better, right? You're more confident. You can actually show up for other people, for those relationships with that new identity. And so that's really what the basis of my coaching is, is yes, we utilize training and nutrition as those avenues, but all of the mindset work that goes into it is so important as well. And so I even got certified to be a health mindset coach. And that was really cool because I always knew that a lot of mindset stuff went into coaching, but we dove a little bit deeper through that certification into some of more of like the psychology behind it and health behavior change and how to really get people to start making those decisions for themselves and creating that autonomy for them to be the CEOs of their own lives, of their health, right? Um, and so that is just really cool to watch that transform across the board. And it's so, I just love when someone will be like, oh yeah, like I, I had more energy at work and like this meeting went awesome. And I just felt more confident there. Or even like in my relationships, like, oh, I, I feel more confident going on dates or like, I feel more confident, like having sex with my husband, like Mm -hmm. things like that are so powerful. And it's like, huge. yeah, you don't even realize how much that comes. That's why it's so all encompassing, right? It comes, it comes from, it stems from the health and nutrition, which is just so fascinating to me.
1: I love though, that as a coach, you understand that it's a mindset as well. Like it's not just physical, like it's not just what you're consuming and putting it's into your body. a holistic approach. Yeah, like, taking, yeah. Because it is all about your mindset. Like there has been, I know that like as an athlete or someone who works out body dysmorphia is obviously like a huge thing when you're in the gym, working on yourself every day, staring at a mirror, but there's been times in my life when I look back and I was like, wow, like I was not confident at all. And I was in great shape then, but I thought yes. that I was huge. And I'm like, what was wrong with me? Like, but it has so much to do with your inner dialogue, what you're telling yourself and how confident you are. So I think that from a coaching standpoint, it's so important and huge for you to be teaching that to your clientele as well. Like, that's amazing.
0: The motivation for you to keep doing it too is great to see positive results of your clients. Like, so you must get a lot of feedback like that.
2: Yeah. So honestly, I would say a lot of more of my transformations do happen mentally than the physical mm-hmm. side of things. Yeah. I love that. Those need to happen first before the physical transformation actually sticks, right? Like, sure, you can do these drastic measures where you lose weight really fast and you get the body that you were looking for, but like maintainability, sustainability is not there. And your head's not there, right? Because it's like, I had to do all these drastic measures and I had to starve myself in order right. to do this. And we all know that that's not sustainable long-term. And so being able to make those mental shifts first is so key before the physical side of things. And I, I can definitely attest in my own journey that like, I struggled for so long and Alex, just like you said about like body dysmorphia and like not appreciating what my body looked like at that time, but then like looking back and being like, wow, I looked amazing. Yeah, Crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, but no, it's really cool though. And I, I personally like feel that motivation too when i have when i see this transformation in other people not only is it motivating for the work that i do but even in my own journey right like i learn from my clients i learn from things that i share with them that i have to remind myself of i'm like oh there i go like telling them that and like here i am sitting over here worrying about something like that so yeah it's really it's really cool it's the work is just I think that I think everyone
1: goes into it, especially if you're new to fitness or health or wellness, that you want a quick fix. But it's not; it's a lifestyle change. So, what are some things or tools that you use with your clients to help them like shift that mentality?
2: Three of my biggest pillars that I use in my coaching is number one, strength training. Right. So, a lot of people think that cardio is the answer, and yes, cardio is good for your overall heart, your cardiovascular system, all of that good stuff, but Strength training is really where we're going to build that lean muscle for life, to have a able body as you get older, Um, especially for females, you know, we suffer, we have more of a chance of suffering from things like osteoporosis. So being able to make sure that our bodies are staying healthy um, now and beyond that is really crucial. So one step one that I use is definitely strength training. And then step number two is really just talking through more of food quality and food quantity. So a lot of females are actually under eating, which is, comes to a surprise to a lot of, a lot of women. Cause they're like, well, I've been eating 1200 calories and I'm still not losing weight. And it's essentially because your metabolism has now adapted to that lower intake. So it's like, okay, cool. Like this is where I'm going to hang out. So it's not that your metabolism is broken. It's actually doing its job. It's responding to what you're providing. And if you're not providing anything, it's like, okay, I'll just adjust to being down here. Um, and so really, we focus on that food quantity first, and then the food quality aspect. So just making sure that you're eating whole foods, making sure that you are getting those micronutrients in as well, vitamins and minerals, et cetera, just to make sure that you're varying your food choices while also still incorporating fun foods like ice cream and right. cream with friends. And, you know, I don't know. It's about balance. French fries. Yeah. Like, of <laughs> course, like all of that is still integrated. Is, um, it,
0: is it true that like I heard for calories, if you're doing like a calorie deficiency or whatever, that your body's like in a shock mode, like or you're intermittent fasting, right? So your body doesn't know when you're going to get your next meal. So it's like retaining that nutrient. So it's almost like worse for you to do that. Is that true or?
2: Actually, that's how I explain it to my clients when it comes to like chronic dieters who have been eating like a thousand to 1200 calories their entire life. I'm like, listen, your body is starved. Like it doesn't know when it's getting its next meal. And the reason why you're not losing fat or weight is because it's like, hold on, I need to hold on to right. all of this mm-hmm. because I don't know when John is going to give me my next meal. Yeah. Mm. And so it really is this, this it's biological. it, Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And it's, it all goes back to like in the past too, like hunters and gatherers. Yep. And like our bodies were designed to like fight or flight. Right. So we have these stress responses. And so when you're in a deficit for too long, your body's like, Oh crap. Like, this is not good for me. This is not healthy. And so I'm going to put up my walls. I'm going to get really stressed about this. And so it really does kind of carry over and your body doesn't differentiate like where that stressor's is coming from. It's just like, this is stress alert, alert kind of thing. So, um, it's, a,
0: it's yeah. amazing too, that, Like I think it was a big shock for us when we, we did this diet once or it was like doing your macros, counting your macros and like how much protein you actually need to like gain muscle. Like I saw Alex make big gains with muscle building because The amount of eggs, it was like egg and spinach every day that she ate, but it was so much. And I didn't realize like she needed that much.
2: Well, I
1: think too, it's, you're afraid of like the, the protein, but it's, it's what you were just saying. It's quality over what like quality makes such a huge difference in what you're consuming again. Like, and this is where like you can count your macros and like, what's in your food. Are you eating a hundred calories of carbs? Or are you eating a hundred calories of protein? And that's going to work differently for your body, but it's really educating on what you're consuming, but continue with your pillars. So you were
2: going off yeah. and saying, yeah. So, and, and just on that note too, that, like the idea of protein too, this is one of the first things I work on with almost every female that comes to me, they think that they're eating really well. And then they come in and they're eating like way below how much protein they should be eating. And so Mm -hmm. that's, that's really what we, we focus on to start. Yeah. So the next pillar is really just, this is where the holistic side of things comes in. So lifestyle factors, right? So making sure that your sleep is doing well, that your stress is doing well, digestion, energy, hunger, and recovery, as well as overall movement. So it's more than just the workouts and the foods that you're eating. We need to be managing your lifestyle through all of these factors as well, because that like, sleep really does aid in overall health. And so does all of these other factors. And so, those do play a huge role, even though people don't necessarily think of those things as the like what it looks like with nutrition coaching. They're like, oh, well, uh, she's going to tell me what to eat. And I'm like, literally, I don't do that. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Did you start this journey as this coach? during COVID? Was a lot of this through FaceTime?
2: So yes, when I used to work at the gym, basically what we did before was we had like, it was still pretty much virtual for nutrition coaching, but obviously I trained people in person. So the nutrition coaching, we met in person once a month, but it wasn't really like much different than just having like a FaceTime or a Zoom. So when it came to virtually during the pandemic, the gym took an approach of just like hey, let's try and get all of our clients as as best as possible online um, and deliver our services that way. And so we did that. And through that experience, I realized, wait, I could be doing this in my own business and running it the way that I would like. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I decided to really go more full time during COVID, which was, I didn't start my business till September, 2020. So it was, we were like well into the pandemic. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, But I really made up my mind probably around like April. I was like, wow, this is actually the perfect time to transition. Online training has been a thing for a long time. It just hasn't been um, as prominent as it was because of the pandemic, which was really kind of a cool transition. Um, And then honestly, when it comes to my delivery, for the training aspect, like they go to the gym by themselves. I just write them a program and they're in an application where they can read their workouts. They know how many sets to do. They know how many reps and they get videos to the exercises. So like very much do it on your own time, do your own thing. And that's how it's delivered. So it's not so much like, One-on-one. Well, that works for you because it's not like you have to
1: physically be there because it's like, how much time would you have to spend one-on-one with someone? And it gives a little bit of flexibility to your clients as well. Like if they can't be at your 6am workout class, you know what I mean? They could go
2: when, whenever it works for them, but exactly. That's really what it's about too, is finding that routine, finding that, that flow that works for you and your schedule and your life. Um, And that's really one of the cool things. And why online coaching does become so autonomous is because it's like, Hey, Like I'm your guide, but like, here's what you need to do. And you got to start figuring out how it works. I will help you figure out how it works, but you also need to be in charge of this because when I'm gone, when we're not working together, I don't want this to be like, Oh, I constantly need to hire Jenna to get me back in shape. No, this is like, you know what to do beyond our six months to a year together. Mm -hmm. Go Mm -hmm. do it.
0: Hold yourself accountable. So
2: I think a lot of people
1: like, like, get involved or like start their fitness journey, their health and wellness journey. And then if you're in a relationship where someone maybe isn't on board or they have unhealthy tendencies or traits or like habits, I guess, like they're, they don't really work out. They're not eating well. How do you bring someone on? Because it's so much easier if your partner is also adopting these healthy habits, because then you have an accountability partner, number one, but like you're a team. So if your partner maybe isn't on board or on this train yet, how do you kind of get them to join you? Yeah. So I'll tell a little
2: backstory of me and my husband because my husband's name is Will. So I'll just say Will going forward. but he and I were pretty much opposites when it came to all of this. So Will is six foot four, a hundred and we, he was probably one hundred and seventy pounds when we met. So he's like a super tall string Skinny. bean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like we have like totally different kind of body types. I'm I'm like five three, you know, like a smaller end, the stronger end. Um, and so when we first met, I was actually in more of like we met in um twenty. 15. So this was, this was a handful of years ago, but that was when I was really in my transition of like post-college trying to figure out what my health and fitness looked like, which can be a little bit awkward at that stage. And I was actually like pretty much still obsessed with like only eating healthy and constantly working out and running all the time. And I just did not have a really healthy relationship with myself, my body and food at that time. So when I met Will, Will was like, you know, eat whatever he wants, like, you know, not really a healthy eater he ran, he liked to like play sports, but he didn't like to go to the gym. So I was like, you know, and everybody knew me as like this person who worked out. And so they like were beyond shocked when I was with someone that wasn't, like, <laughs> the opposite. but this wasn't their entire world. And what was really nice is that Will and I actually balanced each other really well because I became more flexible and created more freedom around my food because of him. And he started making better choices because of, my processes. And so I still think that there's a way that you can rub off on each other in positive ways. Um, and I do have clients that come in and, and I have, we have to have the conversation of like, Hey, how does your partner feel about this? Like, what are your partner's feelings on this? Have you told them what your goals are? Have you told them why you're investing in this in yourself? And a lot of the times I come, the people who come to me are either, they are single, so they don't really need the approval or, and not approval, right. Just like the agreement or the understanding. Um, and then I have people who come to me or who, who are in committed partnerships who are like, um, yeah, I talked to my husband about it. Like he's really excited for me. He wants me to be more confident, like, and he's really excited. And I love to like, when they start to re- like say things like my husband even said this about me or noticed this about me, or like notice that I am more confident around, around him and things like that. So it's really cool but it always starts with that conversation right like that's crucial you need to have that conversation going in because some people will not be supportive and like whether or not you should be with that person is not up to my discretion but you know they should be a supportive partner i think <laughs> in all of your endeavors
0: <laughs> that's such a great question to ask i would as like a coach to be like your environmental factors what's around you, you no know, i think normally they're just focusing on like what's your goals what do you want to do blah blah, blah but you're like, who else is around you? Who's going to be part of your journey? That's, that's very- Cause it's easy
1: to, I think, have just like a, a smaller view when you're looking at your goals and being like, oh, I could do this, I could do that. But like, you're not really thinking of your external factors that like, maybe your friends have unhealthy habits and you you hang out with them a lot or you're yes. living with your parents and they eat super unhealthy and they're cooking for you every night. Like, mm-hmm. it's got to be really difficult if you have all these external things that aren't aligned with what your goals are.
2: Yes. And those two examples were actually perfect because those are the ones that I hear the most is Mm. really like the person who was the party girl of the group. And now they're like almost having this identity shift, right? Mm -hmm. That's a whole nother like can of worms we need to go down. Like why do you feel like you need to be this person? And, and is that really who you want to be? Right. And those are really questions that we dive into, which is, is pretty crazy. Cause we always, you know, are having those deep conversations between myself and the client, and then also the client and their, and their group of friends. And so it is like, you know, uh, especially when it comes to the environment, like Who in your friend group is not that person who does like health and fitness, who does Mm -hmm. take care of their body and trying to find that person and latch onto that person. Right. Or just having like an open conversation, like, Hey guys, like I'm not liking how I feel right now. Like this has just gotten to the point where I'm not I don't like the person I become. I would like to just start taking care better care of myself. I would really appreciate your support in this endeavor. Right. And that's all it is, is just being honest and open with people. And you know, that requires a little bit of vulnerability mm-hmm. um, to have those conversations, but in every single situation, it's always just that conversation.
1: Yeah. And, I think having accountability is huge, especially when you're first starting anything.
2: Yeah. And you'll also get people who make these comments where it's like almost this, they're almost jealous of what you're doing. And it's because they're insecure. So a lot of my clients will come to me like, well, sometimes I hate like having to explain my food choices to my Oh parents. my gosh.
1: I used to call those health shamers in the group of friends. Like if you'd be out with friends and you would get grilled chicken instead of oh, fried chicken it. with fries, you know, and then they'd be like, you would, or like, Don't why are judge you getting me a salad? Because
0: you feel shitty about yourself. But yeah,
1: right? health <laughs> shamers or like, you know, I, I know that there's like a running joke, at least on TikTok about people who like the worst people to go on vacations with, like people who work out in the morning, but like, I'm someone who I'm going to be a happier, healthier version version of myself if I just get a workout in so don't I don't care if you judge me but like don't
0: you know well also we're sweating out the alcohol from the night before if I'm gonna do this whole thing again the next day like I need to like recharge a little bit (laughs) yeah
1: yeah
0: this is off topic but since you know you're like health and wellness for two people who we got to a point now where we're working out every day and you're you talk about balance like should we I don't know should we tone it down a little bit should we there is a routine
2: yeah, there is such. So let's talk about like the idea of let's talk about stress. Us. Yeah, this let's, is now no, no, a coaching is, session for John and I. No, this is really good. Advice. <laughs> no, this is so good because so many people, and honestly, my ideal client is the person who is working out too much because that's who I used to be. Right, I used to just be obsessed, constantly moving my body, like couldn't sit still, um, and so I thought that that was helping me make progress. But when we think about overall stress, we're gonna go back to this idea of stress, like when the body is chronically under eating, right. That's in. That's in. It's in a state of stress when the body is over exercising. (laughs) John doesn't
1: know what that's like.
0: (laughs) I actually just work out so I can eat like every everything.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, that's fair. That's totally fair. (laughs) But the reason why the over exercising becomes a problem is because that is now an additional stressor to the body. Like whether or not your exer- like, yes, exercise is a healthy thing for us to do, but it is a strain on the body. And so now you're putting your body in that recovery state of like, okay, hello, I need to be working on recovery, oh, but oh wait, you're never taking a rest day. Mm-hmm. So now your body's like, when do I have a chance to build muscle? When right. do I have a chance to recover? And that's the days, your off days is when your your muscles are actually recovering and building. Um, and so that was one of the biggest things for me when I first started was like, what do you mean? Like, and I had such a hard time, like actually being able to take a rest day. Cause I was like, whoa, like I mentally need this. And so going for walks became things that I did quick, j- like gentle yoga flows, um, meditating, journaling, like finding other things that I could feel that made me feel that same way as I did from working out was really key for me. But yes, the rest people are constantly doing too much work in the gym. And maybe it's not even that you're over-exercising because that's actually really hard to do. It might be that you're under-recovering.
1: Oh. Mm.
0: I've also heard from someone that was like, every workout, you don't have to be killing yourself. Even if you're working out every day, like you don't have to be sweating. Like we feel like we have to sweat in order to feel like we had a good workout.
2: No. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's because that's what society has told us for so long. Like go big or go home. Right. Right. we're all like, like just stuck in that mentality. And I would relate it back to like work and finding that balance, right? Like you need to be able to like push yourself at work, push yourself in the gym, but also know when to back off. And like a lot of my clients, I tell them, Hey, I want you to be working at 70 to 80% of effort a majority of the time. Mm -hmm. And like occasionally we'll push like, you know, towards 90% talking more like max testing and things like that. Um, but for the most part, sitting in that happy place of 70 to 80 percent, being able to move your body, you know, minimal soreness, feeling good, feeling like your workouts are productive, not draining you from energy, um, and almost like a complement to what you are doing.
0: So you're saying pretty much just work out like two one to two times a week, is what <laughs> no. you're me.
1: No, I do recommend <laughs> Sean. I'm out. I'm no, out literally, no. yeah. Oh my gosh. But I think. Mindset is huge, but also it's just a matter of not doing anything to the extreme at any time, you know, when it comes to your diet, when it comes to working out and all the things. But obviously, there's just so many benefits to it, but there's so many like preconceived notions as to what you're supposed to do, I think, because of like societal standards. So I think it's like really important to educate yourself, learn from people like you who are experts in the field. So
0: I think, like you said, everything's holistic and balance, right? You know, do everything in moderation. Don't kill yourself, but you know, also don't yeah, not and, do anything.
2: And I always like to ask clients this question of like, is this something that you see yourself doing for the rest of your life? That's what your health and fitness should be. Right. Not this like, all right, I'm going to push really hard. And then I'm gonna like, yeah. Like fall off the wagon. Right. Like, no, the idea is how can we make this a lifestyle? Like you said, in the beginning, and it really is a lifestyle change. Um, and just making it feel like it's part of your life instead of like it running your life. Right. So it kind of like health and fitness are just an avenue of your life, not the end all be all kind of thing that you're always focused on kind of thing.
1: Well, I think that's where you have to find something that works for you and that you enjoy, because if we're like, when we're at the gym, we look at ourselves sometimes and I'm just like, We get to do this for the rest of our lives. (laughs) Well, You have to enjoy it because you do if you want to. I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy it at (laughs) all. But again, like that's where some people are like, do you like cycling? No. Like, do you like running? If you hate running, then don't don't run. You don't have to run. Find something that works for you.
0: Do you suggest other things besides a workout list? Like what else do you suggest to them? Because I could see it being So so mundane, doing the same thing over and over again.
2: Yeah, totally. So the way that I set up most of my clients, um, and really it is a preference thing. Um, so that obviously comes into the custom ability, but like even my own workout schedule, which is basically how I train a lot of my clients is I have either anywhere between like two to four strength days. And like, those could be split up. Some people do, they're on a full body program. Some people are on you know, split between upper and lower and maybe a full body day. Some people, if they're on the four split, they'll have two upper, two lower. So it really just depends on that but as far as like the rest of your week, and this is where the online training is really awesome because as an in-person trainer, I only saw people like maybe one or two times a week, right? Cause it's pretty expensive to see a trainer in person. And so with the online side of things, it's like, Hey, I just give you recommendations for all the other things that you should be doing on the other days. And so what that looks like for most clients is they have one day of more like steady state cardio, which can be a run. If you enjoy running, it does not have to be, it can be a super long walk. It could be a hike, um, you know whatever that looks like for you, just getting the heart rate up a little bit, but like feeling good, moving your body. And then the other recommendations are on those other days are really just like, Hey, here's like a more of a restorative day. So I want you to do maybe some gentle yoga, maybe do some foam rolling, um, and long walk again is perfectly fine. Have a dance party, whatever the heck you want to do. Um, and then obviously building in those rest days from there as well. So that's really what it looks like. And I do recommend that my most of my clients, depending on, like where they're at, would get outside and get some, some walks in just for overall health. Also, it's a very parasympathetic activity, which means that it calms the body down, which everyone has a lot of stress. Why not get outside and walk it off?
1: There's nothing Um, better than a walk. Like it's so underrated. And then when you do it, you're just like, wow, I feel like a better person.
2: I walk multiple times a day, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like when I don't have a call or anything, I'm like, or sometimes I take calls on walks. I'm like not with clients with like educational calls. I'll like take them out sometimes. Um, and it's been one of the greatest things for me personally, especially as I transitioned to working from home, from like being in person at a gym where I was constantly socializing, this allowed me to like have another space and activity to do. So love it. And highly recommend. I even tell clients like, Hey, if you can't get your workouts in, like, I would prefer that you prioritize the walking over anything. And that always comes to a shock for people. Cause they're like, I don't understand that. Like I thought I had to be pushing and I'm like, no, no. Like walking just has so many benefits that will keep you moving in the right direction. And even if you have an injury, like, and can still walk, like, good, do those walks. It'll help Mm -hmm. your body recover.
0: Yep. So true. That's funny. Cause like, I hate walking. I hate jogging. I hate hiking. I I'm not into any of that stuff. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to work out. I'm going to work out hard for an hour and I'm literally going to sit on my ass the rest of the day.
2: That's what I tell my clients not to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. So
1: John, you're doing the opposite of what is recommended I work out, stuff
0: my face. And then I sit at the computer chair for the next eight hours. But I'm sure
2: a lot of people <laughs> adopt that and do that. They do. It's so common. It's so mm-hmm. common. So you're not alone. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. We need
0: to move more. Definitely.
1: Well, Jenna, you are such a wealth of knowledge. Yes, thank you thank so much you. for sharing all of your information and education and tips. Where can people find you?
2: Yes, so I am mainly on Instagram um at Jenna Ray Altman, um, and I guess you can drop it in the show notes, but um. Yeah, that's honestly where I share most of my content. You can sign up for my email list from there. I'm working on the website this year. Love it. Um, this is year two of my business. So I was like, all right, probably time to get the website. I have like a temporary website, but is there um, a podcast coming out? I hear. Yes. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Honestly. So I'm in a business mentorship right now. I was telling Alex this, but. Um, when it's finished, my next project is my podcast. Yeah, so awesome. perfect. you have a great voice to for it? To Definitely. Yes. You think so? Yes. I hate yes. it. Way better than
0: mine. I'm so <laughs> monotone. I have like flat effect.
2: Stop. I think that's a guy thing, though. Like most guys have that. Right. We
0: just always look like we're tired and tortured. So okay. what you're saying is you're going to put us on your podcast? We're going to be <laughs> yes,
2: absolutely pod for pod. Wait,
0: what's it going to be about?
2: So really I had a name and then I think it's taken. So I'm not sure in the name, oh. but the, the idea is really like a healthy lifestyle. Right. So like how to, how to integrate all of those things. Like we were talking about how to make it more of a lifestyle and less right. of like just health and fitness. Yeah. Like, no, it's part of integrated. Mindset. into everything. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, before we let you go, we do a segment called Would You Rather? John, do you want to go first? Of
0: course. (laughs) This has nothing to do. I like how we just segue completely to something random. We're like talking about health and wellness. (laughs) And then here's my question. Would you rather go through life with a perpetual cold sore on your mouth or always have a booger hanging from your nose?
2: Both of those sound horrible. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, well, the booger is not painful. Right. Right. Like isn't a culture sore I painful? mean,
0: unless it's attached to your nose hair and you gotta pluck oh. that bad boy.
2: No, I'm oh. with you. The booger
1: is not gonna be painful. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with that. Yeah. Same. Okay, booger for Jenna, booger thing. for Alex. <laughs> yeah, booger. What would you say?
0: <laughs> That's not I don't it was my question. I don't answer it. Definitely booger. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. go ahead.
2: Do you have a would you rather? I did. Okay, but it's lame. It's related to health and fitness, Actually, Okay. <laughs>
0: Perfect. So it you rather, It goes on topic with our subject. It's on list. topic. I had to yeah, go yeah, on
2: yeah. topic. Um, would you rather only be able to do burpees for the rest of your life or squat jumps? Squat jumps. I burpees. hate burpees. Wow, really?
0: Burpees, because I oh, when I get tired and I've done the jump ups or whatever, sometimes miss it. I've I fell like once or twice, oh, Like
1: it? you like roll your ankle. Yeah.
0: Like you get so tired. And but like, I feel like I misjudged a jump. burpee.
1: If I'm doing a full, like if I'm doing a ton of burpees, I would smash my face into the ground. If I got that exhausted, like I, I can't stand burpees. I also, I'm, I just hate upper body. I mean, what female <laughs> doesn't, but
0: also burpees. I love upper body.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: It's possible. You, yeah.
0: Aren't you working out more with burpees than you are with the squat jumps? Like you have That's upper body, like- lower body.
2: That's my claim is that you would burn your quads faster through the squat jumps, right? Cause it's really isolated to your quads. The burpee you have, it's more of a full body movement. So you would at least be able to leverage like from a workout perspective, like, oh yeah. And I, to be honest, I never even give my clients burpees. Like that's very rare. Um, it's only if they have like limited equipment, limited space but the burpee does get the full body versus. Right. Yeah, I know it's a better word. No, I guess I should do squat
0: still- jumps because I have chicken <laughs> legs. That
2: ass. Okay. And then my would
1: you rather is also health and fitness related, but. I did it-
0: not get this memo, all right? <laughs> no one told me on, I had to Todd. be on topic.
1: <laughs> okay, so would you rather run or like do intense cardio every day. I mean, I know this is going against recommendations since you're supposed to take a rest day for 45 minutes or every year you have to run a full marathon for the rest of your life. Oh
0: man. How long is it 10 miles? No,
1: a full marathon oh. is 26.2. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so it's either one marathon a year or you have to do
2: 45 minutes of cardio every single day.
0: Oh my god, that is actually a really hard question cuz very I hard. That.
2: Okay, well I will say this just to give some more context. If you were training for a marathon, you would probably be running. Right, correct. No, right.
1: No, I'm oh, saying right. like you can run, you don't have to train up to it like but you just have to do finish a marathon. I'm going to segue
0: Jenna into my answer which is I'm going to do a marathon because I don't have to run it. I want to try. That's true. And when I get tired then I'm going to fucking walk the rest or That's crawl okay. or All take right. a break. And finish it the next day.
1: No, you have to do it in one day, but it might take
2: you eight hours. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love it. Um, Okay. I think that I would go with mm, the marathon because at least my running throughout the year would be like towards something, right? So I'd be working towards a goal and like some some form of a race and competition.
1: And then it's one and done. (laughs) Yeah. Instead of like torturous every single day for the rest of your life. But that was a really good question. It was it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Ran one marathon and we'll never do it again.
0: Well, Jenna, thank you so much for coming on today.
1: <laughs> thank you guys for having me. Yay. And we can't wait to join your pod one day when it comes out. <laughs> All right. Thanks, girl. We'll talk to you of soon. Course. Thank Bye. you guys.
0: God, what an inspiration, Jenna is. I'll tell you what.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you what. No, but seriously, I mean, you don't realize how important your mindset is around health and fitness.
0: You just don't realize that everything is connected, right? Mentally, physically, emotionally, like, I don't know, like you, we really need to do better at uh, taking a break is what I found from that. (laughs) Well,
1: also just like being better to our bodies when it comes to like what we're putting into our bodies. We don't
0: need to be drinking alcohol every night. That's for sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, you don't have to have a glass of wine. (laughs)
0: Instead,
1: right. So let's jump into our segment. Give Give it to me me straight. straight. Wait, John, did you just like halfway? I was about to say, would
0: you rather? (laughs) I almost (laughs) said, would you rather?
1: Give it to me straight, where we answer all of your burning questions. If you guys have any questions you want us to answer, you could email us at hello at giveittomestraightpodcast dot com. Question number one.
0: Let's say you're in a happy, healthy, long-term relationship, but your partner has put on some pounds, and you're not super attracted anymore. I would never criticize someone else's body, and I want to be as supportive as possible. And find ways to love that person regardless of the dad bod. Is it ever acceptable to express what you want? Is it ever okay to say you wish they would lean up? Sex life is important and everything else in the relationship is awesome. So does that make it a deal breaker? Does that seem shallow? For what it's worth, I'm talking about two guys, not a guy asking a girl to lean up.
1: I don't think it matters regardless of gender. If it's a guy asking a girl, a girl asking a girl or a guy asking a guy, I don't think that has anything to do with it. But after our conversation today with Jenna, I feel like it goes so much deeper than what's on the outside. Like there is a mental block there. If your partner did put on weight, are they unhappy? Because I feel like that's what is, if anything, going to make you more unattracted to them. I don't think it has as much to do with them putting on a few pounds. I think it has to do with the internal, you know. So maybe instead of telling them, hey, let's lean up, I would dive a little bit deeper and be like, is there something going on? Are you okay mentally? Why aren't you maintaining the healthy habits that you did when we first got together?
0: Yeah, like what what is your reason for not working out anymore? Yeah, I obviously something happened. If you went from working out multiple times during the week till you just cold turkey stopped. Not saying that he actually did or not, but a drastic change. There, there's got to be a reason for that. Because,
1: I mean, I think it's it's normal that people fluctuate. Like, I know that I'm not as thin as I was when I got married, but I, I would think it was a little shallow if John came to me and was like, you're not looking as trim as when we first got together. But again, like, I think it goes deeper than just what's on the exterior. So I would touch base with your partner And just see how they are doing mentally as opposed to just judging them for how they look physically
0: but and i know it's a touchy subject but if it is upsetting you or bothering you or concerning you like it needs to be brought up either way
1: yeah it's about communication obviously but i think if they're confident and happy with who they are as a person i don't think that you have the room to really judge them or tell them what to do with their bodies if they're happy with who they are they could do what the fuck they want
0: And if you're not happy with how they are, then leave.
1: Then you could do what the fuck you want to and leave. Exactly. (laughs) Question number two. My wife is an impulse buyer. We have been married for five years and this wasn't an issue when we first got together, but it has progressively gotten worse. She works full time and makes her own money, but we combine our incomes. I make slightly more than she does, but I am more frugal with my purchases. I understand wanting to buy nice things, but when it's the fifth designer bag that will just sit in our closet, I do get annoyed. Every time I bring this up, she gets defensive how it's her money and she could use it how she wants it. How do I communicate to her that these aren't smart financial purchases without crossing a boundary?
0: Do they have a shared account?
1: John, I just read the question. (laughs) You always ask me this as if- I need more details. I know. That's all that I got. That's all that I got for you. <laughs> do they have a share? I don't know. Where do they live? Well, I don't know. When she
0: said it's her money, I just feel like that's that's such a I hate that response. Especially
1: like if you're married, your income is combined. Like you're not. It shouldn't be my money, your money.
0: You're already setting your relationship up for failure. I yeah. Think. Like everything should be together. I believe in that. You're married,
1: and like- I think. Uh, again like if you guys have combined incomes like you're looking at your income as a whole not like she's making 80,000 a year and you're making 90,000 a year like if you're looking at it as together this is what we're making set a budget and be like this is our fun budget and now that you're giving her an allowance but like you guys have
0: no, you're giving each other an allowance, but like
1: you have financial goals, I'm sure. And if you don't, then set them, and that way you do have a boundary with or what you're Excel spending. Or Excel
0: spreadsheet it then. If she's like, <laughs> "This is my money," it's like, "Okay, let's break it down. If we got to go there, let's break it down completely." Well, this is how much the mortgage is. Are we splitting the mortgage evenly? Are we getting the same amount of groceries? Or, you know, then let's actually see whose money is set aside at the end for how much play money there is. Right.
1: Because I think if you have a better understanding of what is left over, then like maybe her purchases are justified, you know, but maybe they aren't. So I think that once you know the numbers, it will be easier to have that conversation about finances. And I mean, you have to have that conversation. So many people, I think we did an episode on it a few weeks ago about divorce and the number one, like reason for it's divorce finances. is finances. Yes. Yeah. So definitely have that conversation, um, and just show her via a spreadsheet, what the numbers look like, but changing your mindset to, uh, around money. And it's not my money. It's our money. I feel
0: bad for him. Cause he's, I could tell he's a little timid about it and he's like, well, you after want to her piss Fifth all- yeah. designer bag yeah. after the second, I'd be like, yo, we have a problem. <laughs> Let's figure this out. But it's what
1: your priorities are. Like maybe she doesn't get her nails done and she likes to put her money towards bags or maybe she doesn't have a nice car and that's like what she likes to purchase is bags. Like to each their own. But I think, you know, every couple, every household has different financial goals and what their income is. And so I don't know. I just think you guys have to like run your numbers and see exactly like where you can spend and splurge on those things. There's nothing wrong with spending money on a designer bag, but it's it's like... If it's a stress point because you can't afford it, yeah, that's I annoying. Say, there's
0: something wrong with it if the partner in the situation is stressed about it. Like yeah. there's a reason.
1: That's why I think it's just smarter to open up a spreadsheet, run the numbers, and see like what you guys can do. That
0: way you have some like ammo.
1: Yeah, or you're or you're wrong, and she can afford to splurge That's on That's true. Bags. Maybe you do the Excel spreadsheet, yeah. and you're like, "Fuck," <laughs> you're like, "Damn we it!" I have plenty of money for a yeah, fifth bag. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, best of luck to you. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you have any questions, you could email us at hello at give it to me You could follow us on Instagram at give it to me straight podcast, and we are also on TikTok at give it to me straight. Do you have anything else you want to add, John?
0: Nope. Thank you guys for tuning in. Give us
1: a five-star review if you love our podcast because we love you. Like,
0: subscribe, email,
1: comment. Love you guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye.